Welcome to Momentum Church. Open your Bibles, if you would, this morning over to Joshua chapter 1. In the Old Testament, Joshua chapter 1. Some series, as they get ready to go, I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss this time looking at how God turns those lemons in our life into lemonade. And um, today I want to get into this a little bit. And I believe that God does have great promises for us. I do. I believe he has great blessings for us to walk in and to experience. But listen, sometimes you have to grow through some things in order to fully experience what God has for you. Can I say that again? Sometimes you have to grow through some things in order for you to experience what God has for you. And no, pastor did not misspeak, okay? I didn't mean to say go through some things. I said grow. Everybody say grow. Sometimes we got to grow through some things. Amen? And 2020 has been a year that we've been able to grow through some things. There's been marriages in 2020. Y'all spent a lot of time together. Amen? At one time, you could run off to the office and get away from each other a little bit. But working from home, you're there constantly. And you've had to grow through some things in order to see the blessing of God in that. Amen? For, for, for some of you that are businessmen, you, you had to grow through some things. You're doing business different now than you did a year ago, and God's showing you his favor, amen? But you had to grow through some things and not go to the old ways. Our teachers in the house, God bless you. Bless you, bless you. You've had to grow through some things to be able to learn what it's going to take to be able to teach the generations you have right now with all the uncertainty with the health and all those things that they're doing at school, you know? Some of you homeschool teachers, some mamas and daddies, you had to grow through some stuff, amen? And so God wants us to grow through our experiences, not just go through our experiences. And too often in life, I think we face lemons. We face difficult times, and when we face them, we just go through them. We just, it's just like, put my head down. I'm just going to go through it. I'm just going to get, if I can just get to the next month. We've all done that before. If I can just get to the next pay period, if I can just get to the next deadline, if I can just get to the next semester, whatever it is, and if I can just get there, and so we put our head down and we just go through it. But God wants us to not just go through stuff. God wants us to, everybody say, grow through. He wants us to grow through some stuff. And so the first thing I want us to get today is you can't grow through an experience if you don't go through an experience. So the experience in and of itself is not God's judgment against you, okay? Like just because you're going through stuff, it doesn't mean that God's out to get you. Now, sometimes there's things that we do that do not line up to the things of God. We'll talk about that later today. But when it comes to hardship, man, God can be all over those hardships if you'll look to him in the middle of those hardships. First, we have to understand you can't grow through an experience if you don't go through it. So we've got to go through some stuff. In other words, let me say it this way. You can't experience a miracle without a need. I had a pastor friend in Ohio used to say, I don't want miracles in my life. So what Dan would say, I don't want miracles. I don't want God to do a miracle in my life. How many would ever say that? I wouldn't. But my friend would. And he said, the reason why is because miracles mean you have to have a need. I don't want need. Well, I'm sorry. We all go through needs at times. Amen? But we've got a God that brings forth miracles. So you got to have a miracle. you got to have a need in order to go through life. And if you want victory, you're not going to have a victory without a battle. 
It's just, just they go hand in hand. You, you'll never have a testimony without a trial. They go hand in hand. So we have to understand you got to go through some stuff. And when you're going through stuff, you can grow through that or just go through that. And I believe the way you go through it and grow through it at the same time is you look to see God in it. That's the first thing. We can be revealed in a greater measure when we go through those limited experiences of life. If we look to God, if we look for it, you know, we can see God in the middle of that, okay? And so that's the first thing, is, is looking to God in the middle of what we're going through, and God can be revealed to us in greater measures. You have a choice that when you're going through it, you can close your eyes to seeing God in the middle of it, and you can begin to thumb your nose at God, be upset with God, be angry with God, all those kinds of things, or we can start to say, okay, God, what are you doing here? What are you trying to teach me here? What are you trying to show me here? And God, in the middle of it, can begin to teach you and show you and reveal things to you because you're looking to him while you're growing through the situation. If our heads are down and we're not looking to see God in the middle of it, we just go through it. And that's no fun at all. Amen? How many here, be honest with yourself, you have gone through things where you went through it, and then you have grown through some things where, man, you just... It was hard, but you kept your eyes on God through it, and you felt it. You just see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it makes it a whole different experience while you're growing through something. Complete different experience. And experience is great. I mean, we hear it said experience is the best teacher, right? But I don't agree with that. I heard a pastor friend of mine, Chino Echeverria, he said this, experience evaluated is the best teacher. So when I'm going through stuff, if I'm just going through it and I'm not evaluating what's going on, I'm not looking for God in the middle of it. God, what are you up to? God, what are you doing? Do you realize you have the Holy Spirit in you? There's a gift of the Spirit that is called discernment, okay? Discernment. And so you can, God, show me what's going on here. Give me a discernment. And it's discernment of spirits. So discernment of spirits, it's the spirit of God, spirit of man, spirit of the enemy, if you will. What is going on here? Is this something in my flesh I'm dealing with? Is this something demonic I'm dealing with? Is this something that God's allowing that I'm dealing with? And so God can bring those things forth. But you can't just go through it. You've got to take time and look for God in the middle of it. God revealed to me through the Holy Spirit what is going on so that I I can evaluate what I'm going on and look for you in the middle of this. Amen? So no, experience isn't the best teacher, but evaluating that experience, that is the best teacher. God, what are you trying to teach me through this season? And listen, sometimes in the middle of things that you're going through, God has revealed to us in greater measure. I mean, we've all experienced that before. You've gone through hell, but you saw heaven in the middle of it. You felt like the enemy was all around you, but like the Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, you could sense the fourth man in the fire. We've experienced things like that. So there's times we go through things, and God allows us to go through things so that we can look for him and see him revealed in greater measure. But listen, this sermon is going to go real sideways now, okay? Other times, God uses experience not to reveal himself. Other times that we go through hard times, God uses experiences to reveal ourselves to us in greater measure. Both are important. If you're going to grow through experiences, we've got to see God revealed in greater measure. And he's not hidden. He's just hidden to our understanding because we're not looking. We're not evaluating. We're not setting our eyes upon him. But that's the first thing. So we look to God. We see him in greater measure in what we're going through so that we can begin to grow through those things. But then the second thing is, God, what are you trying to show me? What am I missing? If this mess is my fault, but never is our fault, is it? Right? 
If this mess is something that is, I've brought to myself, if this is something that you're trying to reveal in me that I need to change or I need to grow in, help me understand it. Help me see that. And some stuff you go through, it's not because of sin. Some stuff you go through, it's because God sees things in you that needs sharpened, that needs developed, that needs honed, that needs pulled out, gifts and, and talents and abilities and strengths you didn't know. You didn't know you were up to the fight until you were put to the test. And next thing you know, you're like, I'm a brawler. I got fight in me, you know? Young, listen, you're going through a divorce. You didn't know what it meant to stand in strength and peace when everything seems to stand against you. But now you're standing on your own. You're like, I'm a fighter. You can feel, and I'm not here to say, man, that, that divorce is great. No, it stinks. I hate it that you went through that. All I'm saying is that God is not going to call you to be a second-class citizen in the kingdom. He's going to call you to be a fighter. He's going to call you to lean into him so he can be greater revealed to you. And then the things that you need to change. Yeah, he's going to call you to change. Amen. And so sometimes God uses experience to reveal us to ourselves in greater measure. I mean, we can trust him. I love when we go through things. We see that his hand isn't short. I love when we go through things. We see that his peace is, is strong. His power is un, un, unlimited. We, we see him, but sometimes we go through things, and we've got to evaluate and be honest with ourselves. If what I'm going through is because of me, God help me to change. I believe God has great promises, like I said, and blessings for us to walk in and experience. But sometimes you've got to go through some things in order to fully experience what God has for you. And I want you to see here in Joshua 1. Let's stand to our feet. I love to stand and read God's word. Just this first verse we'll stand for. In Joshua chapter 1, this is a man who God was about ready to elevate to a new place of leadership in the nation of Israel. Moses isn't going to be the leader anymore. Joshua is going to lead them into the promised land. And this is the word God gave to him. So he's about ready to experience some crazy stuff. He just went through 40 years in the wilderness. That was crazy too, and I'll talk about that. But, but it says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. I think that's really important in this scripture. Do all the law. Say all the law. <coughs> it's very important because for 40 years, his, his compadres, they, they're not doing the law. They're, they're, they're complaining, grumbling. They're, they're, they're pushing against the word of God, what God's trying to reveal in the midst of their hardship. They're pushing against it. But you have Joshua who has a heart to do what God is telling him to do. And God just is encouraging him. Just keep doing that. Do not turn from that, from the turn that you may have good success wherever you go. Lemonade's coming, baby. Don't turn from it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. In other words, you have to read it, to know it, to live it. Amen? Amen. You have to read it, to know it, to live it. And there's people that are believers that may go six, seven, eight years and say, well, I wasn't raised in church, you know, so it, it, somehow the word doesn't have merit on me. Those, those things that God's saying I should live up to, yeah, I just really wasn't raised in church like you. And so, no, you could have a doctorate in Jesus by now, seven years into salvation, right? You know what I'm saying? So, so no, it's like, you got to know it, you, so you read it, and then you know it, and then you can live it, Right? So this is what he says, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do what it says. Then you will make your way prosperous. 
God's going to set everything up for prosperity. When I say prosperity, for his best in your life. But you're the one that's going to make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Forty years they've been wandering in a wilderness. And now God is telling him, don't back down. Go forward and I'll go with you wherever you go. Into the promise land. I've got great promises for you. Don't back down. Let's go ahead and have our seats. And so Joshua and Caleb were two men that when the wilderness wandering was happening, those 40 years, these were two men that really when it came to the possessing the promised land, they had their hearts where God wanted their hearts to be. They believed it. They were ready for it. They said, we've got this. When they went to look to see the enemies in the promised land, everybody else came back saying, in our eyes, we are like grasshoppers to these, these giants of people. And Joshua and Caleb were like, let's get them. Let's do it. God's called us. The word is, that's yours. Let's go take it. We've got this, is what they're saying. And so when it came time to possess the promised land, these two men are ready. Why? Because all through those 40 years, they did what God told them to do. They believed what God told them to believe. And God had prepared them to walk into what God had for them. But if you go back 40 years, and you look at the Israelites going through an experience... We can see time and time again how they kept missing it and missing it and missing it. They weren't growing through the experience. They were just going through the experience. So we go back 40 years. We see God by his mighty hand delivering his people from the bondage of Egypt. He sets them free miraculously, not just through the, the, the ten plagues, but the Red Sea parting and then collapsing upon the pursuers against them. I mean, amazing, miraculous signs and wonders were seeing victory come. Then as they begin to go into the, into the, um, um, to the, the, to the, to the wilderness, there is a cloud by day and a fiery pillar by night. I mean, like this is God's supernatural presence. If God showed up with a cloud and a pillar of fire, you'd follow him, wouldn't you? I mean, like, like, like go here. Okay, I'll go there. Do this. Okay, I'll do that. Like, like, you know, and the thing about it is we still have a cloud and a pillar. Amen. God still speaks to us from his word. His presence still through the Holy Spirit shows up and leads and guides, convicts, touches our heart. That's that cloud and fire, that conviction of the Holy Spirit speaking to you saying, ah, you're moving to the right, and you're moving to the left. You're not going right down. You're not meditating on this day. You're not allowing the word to make you prosperous. You're doing what you desire. You're doing what you want. And so we see these people. God had a promised land that was just 14-day journey away from Egypt. Do you know that? 14. If you look at the map, Egypt, Israel. And it's right there, 14-day journey to Israel. You know, that's it. And it took the Israelites 40 years to get there. Why? Because they couldn't just go there. They had to grow there. They, they had to allow God to do a work in them so they would be prepared for the promise that God had for them. Amen? There's battles that they're going to have to do in the promised land that because their hearts were hearts of complainers and grumblers, they weren't ready for yet. Joshua and Caleb were. They had eyes of faith. God, your word said it. We're going to do it. That's it. We're going forward with what you say, even in our weakness. That's why God had to come and speak to Joshua and let Joshua know, be strong and courageous. Why? Because he was weak and fearful. 
Be strong and courageous. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Sounds like what Jesus says to us. Now, here's the thing. What I was saying earlier is I believe that we go through things in a way that we can experience more fully who God is. We can see him in the middle of it. The second thing I see is that God wants us to pass our own desires. Sometimes we face things because we haven't grown past our own desires, those desires that keep us from God's best in our life. So one way we grow through something is by not making excuses for why we don't want to do what God's word tells us. I want to slow that down. Let's let that sit on us, okay? Sometimes we go through things like that wilderness wandering around the circle, around the circle, around the circle, just going, going, going. And it's because God is giving us a clear word. Meditate on this day and night. Don't depart. Don't go to the left or go to the right. Joshua, you've done good. Keep doing what you're doing. That's the reason why Joshua and Caleb got to go on into the promised land. But as we're going to see here in Scripture, there was a whole generation, their generation, their peers that didn't make it. Because they never got this. They just went through the wilderness wandering. They just went through. They didn't grow through the wilderness wandering. So sometimes we face things because we haven't grown past our own desires that keep us from God's best in our lives. Watch this. Exodus 16, verse 2 through 8. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. We enjoyed being in bondage more because in bondage we got our flesh satisfied. You catch that? In bondage, our flesh was satisfied, but now you're getting ready to take us up into some new promises, into a new land that flows with milk and honey. But the process, I don't want to grow through the process. I don't want to, I just want to go back to my old bondage because my old bondage satisfies my, my hungry flesh. My heart's heavy for us as a people. I don't know, I just... I know God wants so much more for us. Just like God looking over into the promised land and this whole nation that he set free, he set free for a reason. He set free that they could possess all that he had for them. And a whole generation was lost in the wilderness. Watch this, verse four. Then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven. That's good. Man is good, right? And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. They're not. I'm going to give them a miracle. Maybe my goodness will draw them to repentance. That's a scripture. It says that our, his goodness draws us to repentance. I'm going to show good. I'm going to feed them. On the sixth day when they prepare what they bring in, it'll be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, at evening you shall know that it was... Because he brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord. Because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. Can you see grace? People often will look at God with these wilderness wanderers and say, that's a God of judgment. No, he's showing grace over and over and over. You're grumbling, and I'm still going to feed your face. That's a God of grace. You're going to see my glory as I feed your face. And Moses said, when the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat and in the morning bread to the full, because the, and this blows my mind, 
The Lord's going to do this because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him. What are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. And here's the thing I want you to get. So often we go through life, and as we're going through life, not growing, but going through life, we will look at little points of miracles in our life, and we'll use those little points of miracles in our life to justify our sin. Well, it must be okay because I see God this, and I see God that, and then God did this, and then God did that, and because God did this, I know I must be in God's will. Can I say this? We are never more creative than when we're justifying our own desires. God is wanting us to grow through an experience. There's a little bit of hardship. He wants us to grow through it, but we'll start to look for the little things that he's doing. That's the little points of grace in the midst of your sin. All right? And he's showing these little points of grace, and mine too. And he shows us these little points of grace. Why? To call us out of our grumbling, out of our desires of the flesh, out of those things, not for us to excuse those things. I see it all the time as a pastor. I can't tell you how many times I've had people tell me, I know God has called me to marry this person. Dude, you've known her for a month and a half. I'm not saying that's wrong. That does happen. But I know the dude's track record. It's a month and a half, and you're marrying this girl. And then guess what? A half a year, year later, I know God is calling us to divorce. Just because you want sex isn't good enough reason to get married. Christian, amen? I'm sorry, that was a little bit maybe over the line. But I get it because you're, you're like, I want God's people. I want to possess the promised land. And I know if I'm living carnally, it's sin. And so I don't want to live carnally. So I'm looking for God. Oh, I know it's God hooking this up. So we're going to get married and then we get to experience this. And, and slow your roll, sister. Slow your roll. Slow your roll, brother. Slow your roll, right? Amen? But what, yeah, God, I like to say, we're going to connect God dots that aren't there. Yeah, God's showing you little points of grace. Yeah, God's showing you little miracles, little things. But pointing to miracles and claiming God is sanctioning our sin will keep you from growing through things. Amen? Does that make sense? It'll keep us, whatever that looks like, it'll keep us from growing through things. The congregation of Israel, they're moving through the wilderness and they're frustrated. They're upset. They're coming up against Moses again. They're quarreling with Moses. They're saying, you brought us out of Egypt to just kill us and our children. And then we're thirsty. And the Lord said to Moses in verse 5 of Exodus 17, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take your hand in, the, take in your hand the staff with, with, with which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. That's another miracle, amen? And I can see these grumbling, complaining people. God's wanting them to grow past that. But I can see them continuing, and in their minds, well, God gives us food every night. We're thirsty. God gives us water when we ask. There's a cloud by day. There's a fire by night. We're God's chosen people. And they were. They are. But they missed the promise. They missed the lamb with milk and honey. Not one of those, but Joshua and Caleb got to go in. So let me say it this way. Provision does not mean permission. This is, a, this is something that came to me about a week and a half ago. This, this, I, I've never thought of this in my life. I've never thought of this in my life. That, that 
It's easy for us to go, but I see God in this, and I see God in this, and I see God in this, so I must be right. But if we know it's outside of this, and we know it is, and we're pressing into him, and he's being revealed in what we're growing, growing through, okay? So his character, his presence, the Holy Spirit, that discernment is being revealed. Don't push that down when he shows you something that you know is outside of his word that you're moving in. Does that make sense? But the way we do that is we say, but I see how God this, and I see how God that, and I see how God, and I see how God, and I see how God, and I see. You're connecting God dots. I get it. That's his grace. But do you really want to wander for 40 years in a wilderness and miss the promised land altogether? And I'm not saying miss heaven. I'm saying miss the promised land. Miss the best God has for you. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your health. Whatever it might be. Provision does not mean permission. You're going through something, don't make it worse by choosing to go against God's word. We at times can be our worst enemy. All right? So when we're going through stuff and we see all these issues around us, we've got to be honest. Is it sin in my life? Is it a mistake? And mistakes are meant for learning, not repeating. Amen? I don't want you to have to go around this mountain again and again and again and again. No man is worth it, sweetheart. Amen? I don't want you to see in your finances going around and going around. and going. Robbing God is not worth it, man. It just, it's just not worth it. Not worth it at all. I've actually heard stories of people in affairs that said they prayed with their prospective person. Pray, God, bless what we're doing. You, we know this isn't right, but bless what we're doing. You know. No, you're going to go around this circle. She'll be your seventh wife. You know what I'm saying? So watch this. Joshua 5, 6. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished. So that, that, that generation of Joshua and Caleb, that those men, until they perished, they wander. And then they were able to go into the land of promise. They perished. Why? Because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. God's always trying to raise up someone to stand against what stands against him. Always. And Joshua and Caleb took that next generation into the promised land, and they possessed the promised land. Why? Because Joshua was somebody who was going to stand for the word. He was somebody that was going to grow through this experience, being prepared not to turn to the left or turn to the right, but being prepared for what God had for him, not just him, but all those that he would lead into the promised land. And yes, Joshua made his way prosperous. God's always doing that. He's always trying to raise up somebody to stand, always. Years later, there was another young Jew by the name of David who stood up. And David was able to fight up against Goliath. You know, you'll never have a triumph without a defeated foe. So Goliath is a foe that rises up that needs to be defeated just because you're going through sin and issues and struggles of the flesh and struggles of desire does not mean that you don't have God's hand all over you. All right? Facing that foe is just part of all of us, but you'll never walk in that triumph until you face that foe. And so we fast forward to 2020. We fast forward to now. And you enter into the same experience of the Israelites. You, you you enter into the same experience that Joshua was invited to. And that is this, that you're going to go through life. Don't be afraid. Be courageous. You're going to go through hard times. Lemons are going to get thrown your way. 
But you know what? Here's what the word says. Don't depart day and night. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. Meditate on his word. Allow him to be revealed in the middle of every hellish situation you go through. And in doing so, as he's revealed, he'll reveal who you are and the changes that you need to make so that you can grow, not just go through your circumstances. As he reveals those, don't make excuses. Don't look at his little miraculous provisions and say, but, but, but God, I know it's okay, cuz. No, Lord, I know I'm missing it. And you're so gracious, you keep giving me manna. And you're so gracious, you keep hitting the rock and giving me water. You're so gracious, you keep a cloud by day and a fire. Thank you, Jesus, for your graciousness in my life. Lord, I submit my heart to you. Help me to move forward as I face a challenge. Because see here, Goliath should not have been a challenge that David ever faced. Do you know why? Because when the Israelites went into the promised land, they were supposed to take care of the Philistines, and they didn't. So years later, a foe that was not dealt with, now a young man has to rise up and face that foe. Same way in our lives. And so today the invitation comes to us, that same challenge that was given to Joshua, that same challenge that was laid at David's feet. You can grow, go through an experience or you can grow through an experience. My question is, what will you choose? The nation of Israel, they wandered for 40 years until the men of war came out of Egypt and perished. God still is looking for men of war. Men of war to make the right choices. Men of war to make the right decisions. Men of war, women of war to stand and fight. To not go to the right or go to the left, but to meditate on God's word day and night. He's still looking for men of war. The problem now is it's not a war without that we fight. It's a war within. Most of the things we deal with is, is us. So let me ask this as I close. What happens when your will is your Goliath? That war within, your will. Will the Goliath win? Will the champion win? Or will we submit to the sword of the Lord and allow him to chop the head off of our will? Because we only need one mind, and that's the mind of Christ. Amen? And so, Lord, I want to grow through this time. If the Philistines would have dealt, would not be waving his sword. The Israelites were told what they were supposed to do with the Philistines, rather. The giant would not be waving his sword in the air. And so, Lord, today, as we get ready to close, I want him to help us deal with the greatest foe that we'll ever face. And that's self. That's us. Because we are the only ones that can make the choice to look for him to be revealed in what we're going through. We're the only ones that can make the choice to say, Lord, show me, reveal to me while I go through this what I need to change. And we're the only ones that can make that decision to submit all that to the Lord like Joshua so that we be courageous and not have fear so that we can make our way prosper, so that we can walk into the promises that he has. Amen? Amen? So I do. I believe you have the ability to, to turn your lemonade into lemons. And it does. It takes that pressure. It takes that squeeze. It takes the muddling of the sugar. It takes all that tension that you're going through. Just don't get tripped up. Amen? God's good. Jesus, in your name I pray right now. Would you just help us, Lord, to submit our hearts to you, to see you in the midst of our struggles, and to be revealed, allow you to be revealed in us. And for you to reveal to us those things that you want us to submit to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give God some praise. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.